Hello and welcome to the Not Overreacting podcast. This podcast aims to tackle all things women's health, from periods to endometriosis to hormones to fertility, you name it, we're going to cover it. It's my goal that this podcast contributes to ending the stigma around women's health and talking about periods, and I hope that you enjoy today's episode. Today, I caught up with Keisha to talk all things PCOS and women's health. Keisha is a fitness influencer and coach who aims to help women understand how to manage their menstrual cycle and PCOS symptoms through weight training. I hope that you enjoy today's episode. Hi, Keisha. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. So today we're going to talk all things PCOS. So before we start, I think we should address what is PCOS. So do you want to answer that general question of what actually is it? Of course, of course. I think this is something that I get asked all the time on my TikTok and Instagram. But PCOS is polycystic ovary syndrome. It affects one in 10 women. And honestly, that is quite a big number. Um, So you can have cystic ovaries with PCOS. However, you can also not have cystic ovaries with PCOS. And PCOS means that, at least for me, um, you can really lack in self-confidence facing these symptoms. Um, With my PCOS, I found that, you know, not only did I have irregular or non-existent periods, which is a very common symptom, but I also had excessive hair growth in male pattern areas. My hair was falling out as well. Um, And of course, you can imagine how that hits your confidence. Um, It can also greatly affect your mental health too, which is something that's not spoken about enough. So yeah, PCOS is one of those things that can also be triggered by like environmental factors, genetics, your stress levels, post-pill PCOS. So there are a lot of different ways that women can end up being diagnosed with PCOS, Um, especially around COVID stress levels were a lot higher and so many more women were diagnosed with PCOS. Wow, that's so interesting. So um, I guess this leads me to ask, what was your journey like to being um, diagnosed with PCOS? Yeah, so I was around 13 years old. Um, Initially, I had first got my period in year five, um, which in the UK, I think you're around 10. Um, but my period was, it came the first time, it was very, very painful, but, you know, I was told, you know, that's normal, you get these cramps and it it goes away, Um, but then my period would randomly not come, and then it would come another month, and the pain was so much that I started having seizures and passing out, so when my mom took me to the GP, they just said, oh, she's going to grow out of it, and that was over here in the UK, But um, coming from an Indian background, so we traveled to India every year or so um, just to see my grandparents. And my mom, when she took me to India, she decided to take me to a doctor there and see if we could get diagnosed with something because it was something that was greatly affecting me. My mom also wasn't someone who's ever heard of PCOS or had PCOS. My mom's never had excessive hair growth. So me at the age of 10, going through these symptoms, she was a bit like, what's going on? Um, And I got diagnosed over there. And then I came back over here to then get a scan done where they did notice um, lots of cysts actually around both my ovaries. Um, But through lifestyle and nutritional changes, I was able to manage that. um, Where then after that, my cysts on my ovaries went away and I noticed that through ultrasounds and no more pain um however I still would suffer from the symptoms of PCOS. Wow so it makes me so sad that you had to go 
to another country just to be taken yeah. seriously and I guess that really makes us realize the the issues that that um that happen in in our country with, with regards to women's health so I guess um that's quite a young age to be flung a diagnosis so how did you find growing up and manage that through your teenage years so honestly I didn't um I never understood it because I wasn't told enough upon my diagnosis so through my teenage years I still would go to the chip shop after school with my friends I would get the cheesiest chips that they had because I <laughs> literally love cheese and um I found that you know what I'd break out more I was like okay maybe it's like just hormonal acne when you're a teenager um my entire back used to be covered with acne and it was so um strange because like when you'd get changed for PE for example I would be the girl that would go in the cubicle whereas everyone else felt comfortable to change in front of each other um but it was those things that really triggered me um I never really realized that these were down to my polycystic ovaries and it was down to the fact that I had no guidance or no idea how to manage it it was only until I got older, I think I hit around 18, 19, where I had an interest in exercise and nutrition, where I decided to study about these things and then try and apply it to my own health, where I started noticing a difference. Yeah, that's amazing. So I guess this leads me to ask what got you into weight training, because you're very vocal on, on social media about the, the benefits of weight training and, and exercise to help PCOS. So I guess what got you into that? Yeah, so um, growing up for me, I grew up in quite a stressful environment. So for me, the only escape used to be going to the gym. And initially, I never even went to the gym to weight train. I used to spend ages with my headphones in on the treadmill, just using it as a safe space. Um, so the gym became my space, safe space. And, you know, it's like a really big playground. So I just wanted to use everything and try things out. And that's when weight training really piqued my interest because I was like, okay, this is kind of fun. Um, and then I just continued progressing with that, um, got PT qualified because I had a lot of other people come up to me in the gym and they were like, oh, could you like train us? And I was like, I, no, I can't. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, so then I decided to go down that route and I, and I really enjoyed it because I started noticing a change in my mental health. Um, and then when I started noticing a change in my mental health, I started noticing a change in the fact that my hair was growing back, like just maybe six seven years ago I could not do this hairstyle my hair was like you could literally see my scalp all over here um and that was just due to having anxiety stress the PCOS high androgens and I just never understood any of it and weight training significantly changed my life wow that's amazing so I guess that leads me to ask you the question of how you manage your PCOS and your menstrual cycle now um, and yeah. what you do to support that yeah of course so what I do to manage my PCOS at the moment is I focus a lot on self-care um, I would say 30% of my day goes into speaking kindly to myself not even on purpose anymore it just comes naturally um, letting things go and not like overly stressing about things you know also running fitness with Keisha as a business and as a company there are a lot of stresses that come with that which aren't PCOS related just like running a business related um, but learning how to manage that 
um, you know, being able to eat better and cook for myself and understand that, hey, you know what? I don't have time this week to cook a thing or even stand in my kitchen. So maybe I'll go ahead and make like three meals on a Sunday night that last me for three days and then three meals on a Wednesday. Um, so just creating habits that really help my lifestyle and that really helps. And then the other thing that I like to do is incorporate going to the gym. Um, trying to go to the gym in the morning so regardless of how my day is set up to look I have that endorphin release in the morning I feel great and then that's just like a little domino effect into the rest of my day yeah that's amazing so um I guess my next question would be what would be your top tips for anyone listening who's struggling with their PCOS symptoms and how to manage that and support that yeah, of course. So my top tip, uh, first things first, it would be to add a little bit more structure into your life. I think structure as in not the Zoom meetings that you have at work and the calendar that you have filled up with everything that you're doing, but structure specifically for you. So when are you going to allocate you time? I think something that we forget right now in this like day and age is that us time is very important. Work is always going to be there, right? But just like we have Zoom meetings that get blocked out in our calendar, you've got to block out time for yourself. So if that means that you block out 30 minutes for a little bit of a workout, or you go for a walk outdoors, um, you block out maybe 15 minutes in the evening before bed for a little meditation and skincare. These are non-negotiables, which are even more non-negotiable in my opinion than anything to do with um, like work, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so someone's so if someone's listening and maybe thinking, oh, I've never heard of PCOS. What would you say would be the main symptoms of PCOS to maybe look out for? And how would you go about speaking to a doctor about that? Yeah, of course. So um, irregular missing periods is one. Um, excessive hair growth is another that I would look out for. Another thing is with insulin resistance, you can notice like um, discoloration on your skin, um, like darker patches of skin. I have a lot of that. Um, another thing that I would look into is like your hair loss um, as well. And then the other thing as well is like, if you feel as though, and this, this doesn't apply to everybody with PCOS because some people tend to actually go the other way with PCOS, but if you tend to do everything, like go to the gym, eat in a calorie deficit, but you're still putting on lots of weight, that can come from high insulin resistance levels and high cortisol levels. So looking into those. And what I would suggest is, you know, go to your GP, express the concern, probably even express that, hey, I would really appreciate if you could treat this situation with a lot more empathy and, you know, in, in, in my case, um, and then try and push for a blood test, you know, get your thyroid levels checked, um, get your hormone levels checked, see if you're lacking in any vitamins, and then try and push for an ultrasound as well. I know it is a little bit harder here in the UK um, because of how tough it is on the NHS at the moment, but I would definitely suggest pushing for it. Um, the other thing though, you can't always get a diagnosis because, you know, if your bloods come back completely normal, that happens a lot, but you're facing the symptoms of PCOS, I highly suggest you just start making little lifestyle changes. Like for example, if you've got a plate of food, try and make sure that your plate is quite colorful. So you've got your veggies. I would say half a plate of like veggies, like colorful, things like tomatoes and stuff like that. You've got a quarter of the plate 
full of protein, so a good protein source that you enjoy. And then the rest with a carbohydrate, like carbs are nothing to be scared of. And I think they're really important, especially if you are weight training and just in general to your body for it to use it for energy. Yeah, that's amazing. So um, I guess what are the best tips that you would offer to maybe support someone who maybe does have um, high insulin resistance or high um, cortisol? What's the best lifestyle changes that can be made for that? Yeah, start going on walks, um, take some time out for outdoor walks, listen to some good inspiring podcasts that make you feel happy or just some good music. Um, Surround yourself with people who understand you. Um, Start eating more of a balanced diet. So really focus on, you know, knowing what's going in your body and keeping things high protein because protein is very, very important. Um, Don't skip meals, you know, um, and I know it's easier said than done, but what happens is when we are quite, when we can be quite high in like emotions um, due to anything going on in life, we can tend to turn to food and turning to food is totally fine, but just know that what you're putting in your body um, really matters. So if that means that you go ahead and make yourself a snack, like a snack that I like is, because I've got a bit of a sweet tooth, but like rice cakes with some peanut butter, melted dark chocolate, chuck it in the freezer for a few minutes. It's literally like Reese's Pieces and it's so yummy. So like just, try and make better choices. Um, And the other thing is try and do as much self-care as possible. I think with PCOS, um, and I think in general, like everyone, we tend to lack that self-care. We tend to lack just sitting with ourselves sometimes, doing a bit of meditation, reading, and being completely in the present moment. But it really, really helps slow down your thoughts and your stress levels. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, So I guess, we see on online so much more emerging about women's health and menstrual cycle in general um, and the different phases of our cycle. Um, Do you think it's important to understand that and know more about that um, to be able to apply it? I think it's important to understand it and know more about it just so you can be more aware of where your body's at throughout the month and maybe how you're feeling throughout the month as well. However, I think when it comes to applying that to your monthly routine, it can probably stress a person out as well because you're like, oh, do you know what? I really want to weight train, but I'm PMSing. So should I just relax? But if you want to weight train, go and weight train, (laughs) you know? Um, So I think it's really important that, you know, use, I know I've done a video on it as well, but like use these videos as like guidelines on being more aware of where your body's at and what you can do. However, if you really want to do something in that moment and it's not aligning with where you are in the cycle, that's fine. Um, Just stick to doing exactly what you want and what makes you happy in the moment. Yeah, that's amazing. That's such great advice. And I think it's something that's not really spoken about that much is actually if you want to go and do this thing, just go and do it. Um, Obviously, within reason, depending on what the thing is. But yeah. yeah. Um, So I guess my next question would be, um, so you have a client that comes to you who's really struggling with maybe not even just PCOS, but their period in general. Um, What would be the first major lifestyle changes that you would suggest that they implement? Of course. So if someone's struggling with PCOS and just lifestyle in general we create habits um so I don't know if you've seen much of what my app looks like but we can create specific habits for a client where in their app it pops up each day like hey once I lay in bed I'm going to do a three minute meditation or I'm going to wake up and say to myself that today is going to be a great day 
these little habits, um, when they take them off like two days in a row, three days in a row, it creates a little streak. Um, so I think like those are quite good and fun to implement because they're so easy to do. It's a little bit of you time and it's almost creating space for you to take care of yourself. And similarly, we'd create habits around, hey, like today I've made three mindful choices when I've eaten my food, which just means that, hey, you might not be eating on meal plan and that's okay. But what you might be doing is being like, okay, do you know what? I'm out right now at Subway, let's say for example. And what I'm gonna go ahead and get myself is a bowl um, with some good veggies. I've got my good protein. And then I'm really fancying that garlic bread. So there's no harm in having half a slice of that, you know? So just allowing them to make mindful options on a day-to-day basis. And when it comes to movement, setting them little step goals. So if someone is not used to specifically going to the gym and weight training, we might start them off by just walking. Um, you know, let's get your steps up, let's get you motivated and you start seeing that change. And when you start seeing change on your journey and you start feeling better, you automatically feel motivated to want to try new things to keep it going. Mm, That's amazing. That's such great advice. So I guess my next question, which you're probably going to roll your eyes at, um, what's your thoughts on dieting and those fad diets that we see all uh, all over the internet in general? Yeah, honestly, if you see anything on Pinterest, just don't do it. Like, whenever, whenever I go on Pinterest, and I'm, I'm just looking at like random info for like, I don't know, my decor or something, I'll see like something pop up, which is like, hey, if you want to lose weight, eat one apple and a spoon of peanut butter. And that's it, or something like that. And I'm like, but that's not going to make you happy. And if something's stressing you out, that's not going to be good for your health, for your hormones, for any health concern that you're suffering with on a day-to-day basis. So just find balance in what you enjoy and know that everything in moderation is totally fine for you. Um, I don't personally agree with any of the fad diets. I've had clients come to me saying that previously they've tried keto, they've tried Cambridge diets. But what I notice is everyone says, I was able to do it four and then they have a certain amount of time but what you want to do is you want to remove the diet completely and you just want to create a lifestyle you want to allow people to live their best lives go out with their friends have fun and just enjoy their day-to-day and still be able to eat the foods that they enjoy you know exercise in the way that they enjoy so we have clients and not I think maybe five percent of our clients train five times a week We have clients that currently train three times a week, four times a week, um, and some maybe twice a week. But we focus on their neat movement, which is just movement that you naturally do in the day. So like walking, like walking around your house and tidying up, things like that, things that people don't tend to count. So yeah, stay away from fat diets. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So you briefly touched on hormones and you mentioned it earlier. How important is it to be aware of your hormonal health because as women we have more than one constant hormone um men obviously just have testosterone whereas women have fluctuations in hormones from day to day and how important is that to be aware of that I think it's important to be aware of, but I think more than being important of the different hormones, it's very important to learn to listen to your body specifically. Mm. Cause you know, not everyone needs to sit down and be like, okay, this hormone is triggering this mood reaction. This hormone's triggering this hunger need. What 
as, as long as someone is a lot more aware of their body and the signals your body gives you, for example, breakouts in acne, it might just be because, you know, you've eaten something that's caused you inflammation, being able to track that, recognize that, and also backtrack on things that you might have done that might be triggering a specific response um, is really, really important. So I would say more than focusing on the different hormones, uh, which is very important, by the way, but more than focusing on that, just try and understand your body specifically. Yeah, it's not one size fits all. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes we can become so bogged down in 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 everything. It can be a bit overwhelming when everything's flung your way. Um, One thing I do want to touch on before we finish is the importance of protein. So you mentioned it before. Um, How important is protein? Because I think sometimes as women, we can be a little bit scared to go near too much protein, because we don't want to be bulky, or we don't want to look like a man, or we don't want to turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger. So how important is protein in our diets? So when you think that, oh, eating too much protein or having a protein shake is going to make you look like a bodybuilder, it's not. They take steroids, okay? (laughs) So it's very, very different. Um, So having a good amount of protein is very important for your body, especially as an adult, even as children. You want to make sure that, you know, your muscles are having that source of protein to basically be able to grow, to be able to feel a lot stronger. And your body needs protein as well for your hormones. Um, I think people tend to associate protein with the whole culture at the moment of when you see a lot of like gym influencers saying, oh, protein shake, this, I, t- I have this protein shake, you know, and they're like super hench and super ripped. But I can promise you, it's not the protein. Protein is only going to help you. It's another, um, it's another food source, right? You've got your macronutrients, so your proteins, carbs, and your fats, very, very important. Um, but that image of having being a hench bodybuilder is just not achievable unless you take synthetic things like steroids (laughs) yeah I think that I've heard people say to me in the past oh you eat quite a lot of protein for a woman and I think you know protein if I have a a good source of protein for breakfast it fills me up like it's satiating Um, whereas if I just have like a smoothie without any protein just fruit it I'm hungry by like 10 o'clock Yeah, and your blood sugar levels spike a lot more as well. I also think, um, I also think it's really important to recognize that just having a balance of your food groups and not feeling like you need to rely on carbs or fats or fats and protein only, just a balance is always going to do you well. Yeah, that's such a great point to make. Um, So before we wrap up, if people want to follow you or find out more about the services that you offer with regards to coaching, how can they find more about you? Yeah, so uh, both my Instagram and TikTok is Fitness with Keisha. And they can literally also, if they were interested in the coaching options that we provide, they could just click the link in the bio. And then on there, there's just a bunch about our coaching. And if they're interested, they can, of course, fill out the form um, and that would take them to their first step of joining our coaching. That's amazing. Yeah, I would definitely recommend going and following your Instagram because 
you just put out so much informative stuff but you don't take yourself too seriously which I like um yeah, thank so you <laughs> anybody listening definitely go and check out Keisha on Instagram um but thank you so much Keisha for talking about PCOS and talking all things health um so I hope you have a great day Thank you, you too. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, please be sure to follow us for more and review us. Uh, It really supports our podcast. Also, feel free to check out our Instagram page at Not Overreacting Podcast to keep up to date with all things related to the podcast. We hope you have an amazing day. Bye, guys.